everybody. Welcome to this edition of Our Kids Play Hockey, powered by NHL Sense Arena. It's a mailbag episode where we had a couple people email in some really important topics. One, we have a parent whose kid is traveling three hours a day, or three hours a practice day, I should say, to play for a team, and he wanted to know that there's a local team in town. Should he have his kid play for that team? We know it's a common uh, issue in hockey. Incredible amounts of travel when there's lots of organizations potentially available. So we have a very lively discussion about that. Uh, and the second email we got is about a uh, young man who's playing for a team where the coach is uh, called Mr. Discipline. <laughs> uh, and uh, the, the, the coach basically from the emailer doesn't follow his own rules. And he wanted our thoughts on how he should deal with that. And as you can imagine, we had another wonderful conversation on that one. So it's a mailbag episode. Make sure you listen to that. And make sure you check out our sponsor, NHL Sense Arena. You get $50 off an annual subscription if you head over to their website, sensearena.com. It is a wonderful platform for your kids to practice hockey off the ice in a virtual reality environment. And what they have done is allowed you to make sure that you're practicing some of the things that coaches can't get to on the ice. Vision, scanning. If you're a goalie, obviously there's an entire goaltending platform on there for you to work on your glove, your blocker, uh, to warm up for games. I know a lot of goalies from the NHL level down that use this to warm up for games. Uh, but it's a really great platform, and it is a really immersive platform. Um, I have used it myself. You're going to see me using it across our channels here soon. Um, it's an exciting uh, technology in a way to advance your training as a hockey player. So check that out again. $50 off an annual subscription. Sensorina.com. Uh, pick the hockey player side of it or the hockey goalie side of it. You'll be right in. But let's get right into this episode of Our Kids Play Hockey, powered by Sensorina, right now. Hello, hockey friends and families around the world, and welcome to another edition of Our Kids Play Hockey, powered by NHL Sense Arena. I'm Lee Elias, and I'm joined by my favorite line mates in the world. They really are not any better. I don't know if I'm the center, or Mike, maybe you'd probably be the center, and, and Christy would be our, our the wing. I'd be a wing. But I'm with my favorite line mates, Mike Benelli and Christy Cashy out of Burn. And today... Yeah, I always thought it was the rose between the two thorns. But it, what do I know? If so you I think I be would center, be the center. You can be the center. I, you know what, Christy, you're the center of the head coach. I'm just saying. I got, you know what? You're the player coach on the team. All right? So you're playing center. You're taking the face-offs. And Mike, you're coming in. To, it, it, we're going to get that puck. Okay? And we're going to go down there and score. Enough of the hockey metaphors now. <laughs> uh, friends, today's episode is a mailbag. Can't episode. use them here. Where can you use them, I guess, right? <laughs> That's very fair, right? Um, we've gotten a lot of emails over the last few weeks and months, actually, from all of you out there uh, in hockey land, asking some really great questions about the game and situations that your kids are in. So we're going to answer uh, at least one of those emails today. So I'm going to read the email, and then we're going to discuss it. Um, and these are really great questions, uh, or I should say thought-provoking questions that are going to get us going. So Christy, Mike, are you ready for the first email? Let's dive in. Let's dive in. I love it. All right. So this one's from Chris. His kid is a 2012, and he says, my son is on a high-level team this year. However, the commute is very difficult. The coach is great. The team is great, and he loves it. However, he is feeling the pressure and stress of being in the car for more than three hours daily to practice back and forth. I know there's a lot of people listening that can relate to that. Each commute is at least an hour and a half each way. Locally, there is a great coach who has a high IQ style of coaching, but the team is nowhere near as good as his current team. He skates with the local coach and really likes that coach, but he knows the team is not up to the level he's been playing at, and he's nervous that his game might suffer by playing with and against lesser competition. If we stay local, he would be able to do multiple skates a week instead of being in the car and be able to balance schoolwork as well. What do you think would be best for my player in this position? It's a really great question. 
who wants to I think you really got to know your kid. I mean, it depends on your kid. All right, I can go two ways here. Right. Now, when Sophia decided she wanted to play a higher at a higher level, which meant we had to go to the AAA team, more rides, longer rides in the car, farther to travel for games, farther practices and all that. But she could handle it. She was good at it. It wasn't stressful for her. She really adapted well and learned how to manage her time. With the rule, and now my husband's chiming in. He's here with us, guys. His rule was, if your grades start to suffer, if your schoolwork, if you start failing because of hockey, done. Yeah. You're done. If it puts too much stress on you and you're not doing a great job managing that stress, hockey is done. You're done. Now, she was very good at it. And it actually helped her in college balance because she you know it was like having two jobs obviously when you're playing hockey and going to college and managing all that and working so she was really good at that because she had that life experience of figuring out how to do it if your kid isn't good at that then I wouldn't put all that extra stress on them and I wouldn't allow their grades to suffer for it so it really depends on your kid that's my answer I think it's yeah, really I, important, I, I, Mike. I sure agree that all three of us would agree that look, this, the the education is the primary thing, and I, I think even the parent writing, it's like if the school grades are going down, it, this is an easy decision, right? This the, the education has to come first. So I think we should just at least set that standard from the three right. of That's us. That's the high bar. Yeah. That's yeah. the bar. Yeah. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah. I'm sorry. Can, can can you? Yeah. Can you manage school and this other activity, whether it's tennis or you know, equestrian or high level <laughs> swimming or archery hockey, yeah. right? I mean, whatever it is, whatever your, I mean, you know, I, I think hockey always gets a bad rap that it's like, Oh my God, if you play hockey, you're giving up, I go, listen, any, any sport, any sport yeah. where you need to dedicate your time, you probably are going to have to travel somewhere or you're going to have mm -hmm. to make some kind of sacrifice by leaving, you know, a day or two early to go to different tournaments. I mean, so I, I, I'm not a big fan of the hockey getting the bad rap all the time because I've seen it in every sport where I am. Um, now, mm -hmm. that being said, I think at 12, there, there's a there's a there's a really so so I've wavered on this a lot because of the because I've seen it because of where we are in the Northeast and specifically where I am in like the tri-state. We call it the tri-state. Nobody else can really say tri-state because you know <laughs> this is New York. Right. So we have New York, Connecticut. Um you know, and you have Jersey and you have, and there's a lot of hockey. I mean, there's a lot of team, hundreds and hundreds of teams. So I always, I always say, you know, can you look in, can you look into the future a little bit and say, well, if, where is my player going to be in four years anyway? Like who is the player? Is, is the, could, could that player play on the lesser team uh, where they're a bigger fish um, where they're getting a lot more ice time, where because if the end game is to play at a higher level, you know, quote unquote, but the higher level might be your local team, then be in that area quicker. I don't know. That's the way I look at it. I look at it as be the best player. Listen, you've got to be the best player on that team by far before you need to say, I need to go to another program an hour and a half away. That's how I see it. I mean, if you're going to go to another program because the, the the team is better an hour and a half away and three hours a night and you're a third line player or you're not getting, you know, you like the, this is the this is the debate I have with, with mom and dads all the time. Like, well, 
my kid didn't make the top team, so we're leaving to go to this other team. Yeah, but what are you do? What are you getting from the other team? <laughs> like, are you getting better? No. Right. So right. you're you're following. So what you're doing is you're not changing the path. You're not changing the system. You're just following along like everyone else, like a sheep. Like you just like and you and then you wonder why you're not catching up. So if you have a chance to go to this nice coach, good hockey IQ, ton of ice, take those three hour resources. I mean, you're you're probably spending, you know, 80, 90 dollars in gas a day, it sounds like to me. So go take those resources, put them into other things, put them into off ice development. Get an NHL sense arena. No, I'm sorry, I had to say it. It was, it was sitting there for me there. Put them in, put ahead, them in the, put it, put them into <laughs> the virtual reality, put get buy a buy a, a shooting board. Like there's so many things you can do with that three hours right? outside right. of running to another rink an hour and a half away to get no more than what you're getting where you're at. Now, if it means, if it means you get an extra A on your Jersey, uh, if it means, I don't know, I don't see any upside to it personally. Like I, I look at it and I go, wow, how, how do we make these decisions and how do we constantly allow teams to pick kids and you have to go past nine, 10 different other teams that you couldn't make either. Like, so I don't know. I'm always, I'm always stay local, be the best player in your community first, be in a place where the, uh, the your own coach is like, listen, you gotta get out of here, buddy. Like, this is just not helping you. We, we, cause I, cause I truly believe if you're in that community by you, it's a funny thing about hockey. Once you stay, other kids will stay. And then like, I, I joke around all the time where I see people yeah. here. I'm like, you know, if, if all six of you people that hated the local program stayed, you'd be the best program. Like six of you are in six different, you know, like where I am. You're at the Hitmen. You're at the Avalanche. You're at Mid-Fairfield. You're at CJR. They're all from the same town. I go, yeah. if you all stayed in this town, you'd be better than the teams you're leaving to go play for. So wow. what the hell are you doing? Like, so, and that's how I look at it all the time. I, I'm just, I, I, I just get to, get to the best place you can be for your kids' mental health your mental health and, and just then he can go nuts. You want to go to the rink? It's five minutes away. Go every day. You want to go? You're the You want to be that player five minutes away. I'll, I'll bring you every single day. Right. And I guarantee you, he's going to get a lot of ice time and you're going to see his creativity out out there uh, soar, you know, which is something that coaches always look for. Just how creative is that player? And, you know, how much ice time in there? And he's going to build his hockey IQ. You're going to see that. I mean, what's um, the only I skill don't... you're getting by traveling now? I mean, to be a highway superintendent right. or something someday? I mean, like, what are, you, <laughs> what are you gaining by being in the car yeah. an hour yeah. and a half? I don't yeah. know. The only other thing is I can say is it did, for Sophia's case anyway, it was good for her because it did build that good foundation of learning how to balance mm -hmm. everything. So she had, she got great experience by being on a travel team. Uh, well, it wasn't that far. It wasn't three hours away, though. You know, well, we and, did and have and to travel and, and farther for the games. And understanding yeah. where you are too, Christy. A lot, like you're in a rural community. I mean, you know, you're right. not in, you're not in, you're not in a place where there's 17 teams that you can choose Correct. from. No, so, no, so there, you're, there's you're, not. So depending on with girls. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then that even makes it harder, right? So depending right. on where you're from. It just makes it harder. But like, I'm just speaking from my perspective where we are right. in New York and Fairfield County and Westchester and, and Suffolk. And like, there's, there's, there's zero reason to go an hour and a half yeah. to go to a team. Yeah. Unless, unless of course, 
the other six kids on your team went there. I don't know. But right. there's, yeah. there's not a lot of reasons at 12 years old to do that, I, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with you. But if you live yeah. in Arizona. Especially, or if, especially if, you're, if your kid is stressing. You know, well, that's it. Why, and I, why and I do you want to do that to your kid? Well, <laughs> I, I'll tell you a few things that I wrote back to this person. Um, one is that as an actionable item, you know, because in the way the email is written, it sounds like, well, if the kid is stressing that, I mean, you kind of have your answer yeah. there a little bit. Red flag, um, right there. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I also said, listen, the things you can do, parents, everybody listening, things you can do when you have to make a tough decision. And this is one that actually my father used to do with me. And it, it's so effective. <laughs> and it kind of, it kind of shows you the answer pretty quickly. Write a list of positive and negatives of both places. You know, even just that exercise working through it, you, you, you're going to know most of the time rather quickly what the right decision is or what I, I shouldn't say the right, right which way you want to lean okay and someone goes what's if it, what if it's a tie then you pick the easier one right for yourself you know if you need to so i think that's one actionable item you know writing notes here guys th there's a higher thing here you know that we've talked about on the show before but i almost want to ask you guys if, if we can even find a, a percentage balance but I, i've always said this your kids succeeding i think there is so much more on their drive to succeed than where they're playing. Now, look, I'm not saying someone can have a massive drive, be playing at a very low level, and really get far in the game. That, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if, if your kid is extremely passionate about this game um, and wants to practice no matter where they're playing, and, th and that's what I'm trying to say, is that whether you're an hour and a half away or five minutes away, is that kid shooting, practicing all the time? Because to me, that's what becomes the differentiator later on, right? All, right. all the guys I played with and women at, at a high level, we all had that in common, right? It was, mm -hmm. oh, no, after school, I would just shoot, and then I'd go to the ring. And, and it was actually kind of cool to meet other people like that eventually because, like, when I was growing up, you know, I, I was actually ostracized for that a bit, which I didn't care about. But, like, you realize, oh, wow, everyone's working hard like this at the highest levels. So I, I wonder, and, 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 you know, you guys have been through it. Again, Christy, your daughter played Division I. Uh, you know, Mike, you see all this. I'm going to pose this question. How much of it, what percentage of it is the team and the competition versus the, the, the kid's personal drive? Because I'll say this too. If you don't have that drive, you're already off the chart, right? You're just not going to make it, right? And when right. I say make it, I just meant to a high level. I'm not talking pro or anything. Right. 100% it's the kid. We just did the interview with Cam Atkinson's parents. They had five right. boys, right? All right. of them played hockey, but it was the one who had the drive and the passion. And they and they took note. Boy, this right. kid's different. He really wants more. Exact okay, words. Let's, yeah. let's go ahead and invest a little bit more with yeah. him because he wants it. He's hungry for it. Uh, we're not driving it. He is. Right. Yeah. So it's definitely yeah, that's a red, that's a That's a red flag. If you, if you, if you have to drive your son or daughter an hour and a half to a place where they're motivated to play, or you <laughs> think they're motivated to play, That's good. And That's good. then it's probably your, your your time to say, oh, let's see what happens if he's just sitting at home. Like yeah. now, again, there's another side of this too, where I just think, you know, if you're around low performing people, you become a low performer. I just believe that. Like I, I it's very hard, especially in this in our kids' era where it's so easy to do other things digitally and not, and, and for us to make it easy for them to do things where they don't have to be active. It's, it's really easy. I can see how easy it would be, <clears throat> you know, for a kid just to say, eh, 
you know, I'd rather just stay home and do, you know, just kind of hang out with my, my, the friends that aren't doing anything because, because more and more society is not doing anything with their kids. So mm -hmm. that's, you know, that's how I see it. Like, so if you need to bring your kids somewhere where there's a whole bunch of other high performing kids, well, we all think they're high performing kids mm -hmm. because they're all passionate and they all, they all kind of sharpen each other, you know, then I'll, okay, I'll make a pretty good argument. But if you're in a community that has six or seven or eight kids, and you can then take those resources and say, well, I know the team, like this dad, I know the team has 15 kids on it. They're not very good. The level's so much lower. But you're telling me that there aren't five kids on that team that want to get better? So drive those five kids. He seemed really happy with the coach's attitude and his knowledge of right. hockey, The too. kid knows the coach. So if you're kid, kid already, the coach. Yeah. Kid trains yeah. with the yeah. coach so already. If he feels comfortable with yeah. the coach, then, you know, if yeah. I'm that parent, I, I'd be like, listen, I really want to stay here. My kid loves yeah. you. My kid loves being here. How can right. I help get better kids exactly. here? Right. Mm -hmm. And then how can I build people around m my needs? Because I think that other parents have the same needs as me. And you right. and all the parents out there listening, <clears throat> you know where all these people are traveling. There's yeah. no secret. Just go on Facebook and say, oh, so-and-so's here. So-and-so's there. So-and-so's there. And and you see them all in church on Sunday. So then you're sitting there going, well, how are you all going here? Right. Like, we're all living here. So right. just find, look in your community and say, how can I make my community the best community and my team and my level, you know, <clears throat> instead of the easy out, which is fill up the car and drive away. And I right. think that's, you know. Again, not everybody can do that. Maybe not everybody has the resources for doing that. But if you care about your own sanity, try it. Figure yeah. it out. Look at it and say, well, what can I do to make my community team better as opposed to just, you know, packing up and, and buying point, a jersey? It, right. It really and also point. be careful. Like, let's say you're in that environment. You're of the mindset that this is better for my kid. He's going to be around a bunch of kids who motivate him or her. And if they're playing up, he's going to play up too. Great. But if you have to take your kid kicking and screaming to this rink and these practices and they walk out of there with their head down, don't think that all of a sudden magically they're going to, some sort of flame is going to be lit and they're going to become this other hockey player. You got to watch your kid. You got to look for those signs. And if you don't see them being uh, inspired and getting passionate, being around these kids, that's not the right program for them. Nothing yeah. magic is going to happen. They're not going to magically rub off on your kid if, if they're not motivated themselves. You're, you're, the percentage of quitting and giving up is so much higher than the percentage of being lit and fired up and finding motivation. Like it's so hard for an individual to be inspired to be that, to be that individual. You, we, we see the viral video going around Wayne Gretzky, like with the whole, like moms would always ask me, like, what did, what could, what would you recommend my kid do to work, you know, to, to find a way to get better? Go, listen, I didn't work. I just played. Like right. I love <laughs> playing. Yeah. So I just wanted to play and, and, and it's, yeah. it's an overriding theme in every successful person. Mm -hmm. They love what they're doing. We heard it right. from Atkinson. We, you have to love what you're doing. And if you love getting in the car and flunking out of school and not eating properly and, you know, sucking down Chipotle every weekend because you're traveling all over the world and it works for you. Great. You know what? If it works for you, it works for you. But the minute there's a chink in the arm, but the likelihood of, of falling off when we all invest, think about the investment you're making, you know, 
10, 12, 13, 14 years. And then at 13, 14 years old, your kid goes, I, I hate, like, I yeah, literally, if I was able to drive, I would not drive. Okay, so if you're not going to drive, why am I driving? Like, like so what, what do you want to do? What, what brings passion in your life? And if right. being local is passionate, great. I'd rather have a passionate mm -hmm. kid that's playing at a low level than a, yeah. than a, than a, than a, than a dead-eyed kid playing on an elite team, sitting on the bench, like, waiting for this game to end. Right. I think that's perfect. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Uh, we solved the problem. Uh, we did. You know, there was one more quote I was going to share. We're like um, the Dear Abby. It's so I love that we've reached that status in the podcast and podcasting <laughs> world. You know, Mike, you just reminded me. Uh, okay. the, hard, the hard part, though, Chrissy, we haven't solved the problem because 90% of the people will be like, eh, that, for that kid, yes. For that that one kid I know on that team, yeah, he he that dad should be doing that. That's not my kid though. My kid is the one that is going to make it, right. and we all yeah, think well, that. Like everybody thinks their kid is the one that's going to make I, it. Through. You know, Mike, I'm not I'm not they'll even focused out. on they'll my kid out. making it. That, that's the thing is that I don't even focus on that. You know, I was going to say this like mark the date. We're recording this on January fifteenth. It was just a few days ago. I got I had the first conversation of the year of well, you know, this other organization says he'll make this team. And he could be on this team and not that team. And it's, you know, Lee, what do you think? And, it, you know, it's, it, I get that all the time at this year. You know, you, you, parents start to say, well, where else can my kid go? And, and right, look, January, they did the, the, yeah. the tryout season. It's yeah. Tryout season. And it, again, sometimes, sometimes it makes sense. Sometimes it doesn't. And it always comes down to me as well. Where does your kid want to be? Where's your kid's friends? Like, again, I'm in the squirt world right now. Uh, you know, what, what kind of coaching is there? Do you think he'll get better? Does he want to do this? Does she want to do this? You know, you got to ask great questions if you want to get great answers. Um, Mike, you reminded me a minute ago with that Wayne Gretzky quote that, you know, to keep it even more time and date, um, Connor McDavid's mother has that quote about Connor being very upset and not understanding why all his friends just wanted to play video games when all he wanted to do was practice. And the quote is like, she had to explain to him, well, Connor, you're a little bit different than other kids, right? I mean, they knew then that he was obsessed. And again, parents listening, there is a difference between obsession. Uh, there's a difference between obsession and being interested, right? And really loving something. Like there's levels to this, right? And I'm going to say this. You cannot put that in your kid. They have to develop it. And here's the other thing about it. Some of them might develop it at nine. Some of them might develop it at 15, right? You, you don't know. Or some, Here's another one. Some of them might have it at nine and not at 15. Right. Ryan Whitney recently said, and he, he's 100 percent right. He goes, I know your nine year old is obsessed with hockey, but, you know, the nightlife and, and and dating has not come into his life yet or her life yet. You know, you have to wait until after that happens. All right. After puberty happens, then you'll you'll have a better idea when some of these, you know, quote unquote distractions. I mean, I think I just call it life come into the play. Then you'll know it's, it's it, at eight. It's easy to be obsessed with something. Right. You don't know the world yet. So I, I think that's important. The, the other thing, too, with this specific situation is, uh, you know, I said that the positive and negatives, you also can look at the opportunities, right? So he had said in the email, well, we'll get a few hours back a week. We'll get more ice time. Um, Christy, you alluded to that. I mean, that's pretty valuable stuff. All right. More ice time. Valuable. All right. Mm -hmm. it, it also, if it's if it's a team where you feel that your child's going to be one of the better players, well, this is a massive opportunity to be a leader on that team and learn that Absolutely. side of the game, which is something that we don't do enough of, right? I think right. C's and A's are thrown around as, as bargaining chips nowadays. Mm -hmm. um, and I've always said, you don't need a C or an A to be a leader, right? And, and Mike, to your point, right? If you're elevating the team and you have a drive, 
and you know this coach, then you should be having that conversation of, listen, I want to set a higher standard for this organization and this team. I want to be that guy. I want to be like it. Or, or I don't want that responsibility. I just want to skate and play. And, and again, these are questions you have to ask your kid. I think as parents and coaches sometimes, as adults, I'll just say that, it's very easy for us to walk into a situation and say, hey, look, this is what I think is best for you. Right. All right. And I mean, that's what parenting is. <laughs> but, right. And the, but, and the funny, yeah. th the funny thing is, is that mo the parents that are, that feel they need to leave because their kids are, 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 you know, they're too good for that organization yeah. are usually the, the parents that, that have the best following. Like people actually like it's so odd to me. It, it's so odd to me that a, a, a parent with a really good hockey player, like parents think that they're a really good hockey person. Like, oh, let's take advice from that guy because his kid's a great player. That guy's a jackass. He just yeah. has to have, his kid's just really good. Like, it has nothing to do with his hockey knowledge or hers. It's just the kid's really good. So you know, got to be careful. Don't follow that person all the time. But if you're the person that is being followed, you have a very, uh, you know, strong possibility that you can waive waiver right. people's decisions on coming and staying. And so if you're saying, listen, you know, we're all talking about going everywhere and we all see each other at all the other tryouts. Again, if we just stay together, right. we're going to have a team here. And but it takes conversation, and it takes a vision, and it takes a planning. It it takes a, a, a you know somebody saying, "Do you know what I could do with you if I had you for three years in a row instead of six months cut, six months cut, six months cut, right. or change, change, change? If you give me three years, imagine what you could do with that player and the game plan you could give that organization for those players to be there. Like you know, I used to have a when when I was coaching youth hockey. In, in the programs that I would have, we always had these like almost like two year windows. Like if you, if you made the team, our obligation to you was you didn't get cut for two years. Like we're picking it. you now. You don't have to go look for a tryout somewhere. Now, if you chose to, cause you think we, we stink and we don't know what we're doing, that's fine. But our obligation is to you. You're going to be with us. I want you for 24 months, not six. And it's amazing what you could do with a player and how well you get to know <laughs> You know what players can do. I mean, Mike. I'll yeah, add especially on to that. if they all stay together, you yeah. see that chemistry. There's such a difference. You know right away when you're at a game and you're watching them play. If these kids have been together for a long time, you see it. They know each other. They don't even have to. They don't even have to look at each other. They know it instantly where to pass that puck. It's it's right. But this this travel so hockey, you know, this this travel hockey world has ruined that. It's really yeah. like well, if, if USA Hockey is going to do two year burst, 14 U, 12 U, 10 U, then the obligation should be you make the 10 U team. That means you're on that team for two years. Like that's why, like, we talk about, you know, these are other conversations we have, right? But like that's why we talk about major minor hockey and making a team with year birth so that you can stay with that team for two years and not have the pressure of getting a kid cut or not have the pressure you've got to get rid of the dead wood and bring in a kid from an outside organization that somebody else developed, not you. Your job is to develop right. kids in your organization. Well, so, you know, yeah. I just think there's so many different variables here that we could, that could, now, the, the, but let, let's go back. I guess the situation is my kid is, I'm traveling an hour and a half both ways. And then, you know, it was funny. Our friends over at the hockey think tank there and Topher just came out with a little statistic from Sweden, right? That, that in a, in a pra in a 60 minute practice, kids were getting 12 minutes in the U.S. of actual time, like yeah. active time on ice. 12 minutes. So imagine now, now add that to this guy's commute: an hour and a half back, two, three hours. Then he gets on the ice and he gets 12 minutes of ice. 12 minutes of act. And I guarantee, if I knew, if I go on Live Barn right now, watch that practice, 
12 minutes is probably a, it's a gift. Yeah. You know, wow. and, and, you know and so I think it's That's like shocking. Twelve minutes in a 60 minute practice of active oh my gosh. hockey play. So imagine yeah. doing all of that. And then now, now stay at your local organization, figure out a place to get 60 minutes of ice and then, and then multiply that by five days a week. And then multiply that by, you know, what you could do for your kid off the ice. Huh. All of a sudden now you got a real development path. But, you know, again, people just do, we do everything counterintuitive to the actual fact of how to develop. A well, kid. It, Mike, here's another actionable item um, that I did one time that was very sobering for me. All right. Um, and I'll tell you the exact situation. I was driving to a job at the time from North Jersey to Connecticut. So I was in the car a lot, a lot. And, th and, th and that's without traffic. Right. And I remember that it was a really great opportunity and I am really glad that I did it. But what actually got me to think about switching was I calculated, Christy, this is going to make you laugh, the percentage of my week, month and year that I was spending in the car. Oh, right. Gosh. And the number, the number was, was shocking. What was right? it? Oh, it was like, it was like 18%. It was, it was like, it, it, I did it like the hours I have awake and how often I'm in the car. Uh -huh. um, and it was just like, you know what? I don't, I don't want to do that anymore. Now, again, it was a great opportunity. It kind of equates to the situation. But when I felt like I got everything I needed out of that that position, you know, I was able to move, right, to someplace else. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when you start realizing, hey, this is a majority of my time in the car. Um, yeah. you, know, you know, look, I did things in the car. I thought a lot in the car. But, it, but it's just like, you know, wait, what could I do with that 18% of my time? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm trying to say? I started thinking about that. Um, it was a lot of time in the car. <laughs> All right. Now, again, it, I, I would say this: it jump started my my broadcasting career, so I don't regret doing it. But but you know, after a, a year or more of it, I started to think about my life, and you know, I was in a relationship with with the woman who would become my wife. You know, and how much time is am I not dedicating to that? Um, right. That's a literal job. That's not twelve right. years of hockey. No, yeah, that's I was getting I was job. getting paid. That's a good point too. I was getting paid to be there. So, and that's no, I but it, I it's a paid. career. It's a career yeah. path. Like it's a, right. it's like something you do. Like so, listen, yeah. you hear all the time, right? Guys that work in New York and they live in Ohio and they fly in and they yeah. save money yeah. on, on, on hotel or whatever. Like it's like people do what you have to do to to make a living. Of but course, yeah. twelve year old boys and girls, it's it, if it if it becomes I've got to do what I got to do to make a living. Then you know I don't know. I, I just it's hard for me to differentiate between these teams. And I've said this a number of times, even this past weekend, you know, give me the six or seven local teams that are all these great teams, yeah. put sticks in the middle of the ice, jumble it up. I'll re resort the teams. If they're all the same teams, they're well, all the same teams. Yeah. You know? And so, <laughs> so, point. so they're just, it's just a matter of a kid here or there, you know, a superstar here, a superstar there, a great goalie here, a great goalie there. But at the end of the day, you know, at a, a group of 15 kids on each team and you take six or seven teams, they're all the same kids. Yeah, and well, we all know it too. Mike. The sad part is we all know it. I'll, I'll say this mm -hmm. to transition this too: is that you know, we just had a a, a tier two player in this area make uh, Quebec Pee Wee Quebec, right? And that shouldn't happen by the laws of tier one, tier mm -hmm. two, AAA, right? It's just you know he was in the right place. He was shining on his team. He went to the tryout and he made it, which kind of just proves. That like he's a he plays for a tier two organization, right? And he it it didn't matter. <laughs> he had the talent, he had the drive, he had the will to make right. it, right? Mm -hmm. So so it, you know, and to your point, Mike, what if several of those tier one kids felt that way and they were on this team? I mean, it'd be unstoppable. But I, I actually think he shined more because he's in this level, right? Yeah. So again, parents, you, you, look, 
I understand the draw of triple A, double A, tier one, two, tier two, at least on this in this area. I know it's different in Minnesota and other places around the country who listen to this, but that cannot be the only decision maker. Right. We've talked about this on other episodes. Well, my kid plays triple A. Like I, I, <laughs> right. That, my kid loves me. Like, you know what I mean? That's my gauge for success here. Right. right. Um, and, and, and again, to transition out of this, um, Mike, you were talking about organizations and how there's turnover and Christy, you did too, about how you had different kids every year, you know, and then the, 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 the chemistry that develops when you have kids together for years. Oh yeah. Let me tell you as a team builder, mm-hmm. right. As a team builder. And I get a lot of work with teams now. Oh, we got a lot of new kids this year. We got a lot of new kids this year. And I end up, I end up, um, I enjoy it, but I end up giving kind of the same foundational team building lessons a lot. Right. And don't get me wrong. They're very powerful. I take a lot of love in the work that I do, but I always say to these organizations, you should see what I can do with a team that's been together for three years. And these kids really know each other and they really believe in each other. That is a totally different set of lessons and it is a much higher level of of um, cohesiveness than having to get a, a, a you know mold a, a clay together for the first time. I want to say it again. I love all of it, but it's like I'm I'm, I'm I do the initial lessons eighty percent of the time, and the real powerful stuff comes when a team is already somewhat gelled, right? So that that's just something to think about. You know, you know, you play with the same kid, you play with the same line mate for two or three seasons. And you get that chemistry. I I don't even know how to explain that. When you you know yeah. where they are without looking, it's magical. Yeah, really, that's the <laughs> right word. Magical. It is magical. Yeah, my that's my why... son's bantam team was like, I guess those boys had been together for a couple of years. I know we went to Lake Placid for a tournament, and people had word had spread. You got to see these boys play, and we had people from other teams come and watch the game right. because our boys were just phenomenal they were just amazing because they've been together since they were you know peewee i forget what they call them now yeah Yeah. but that chemistry was just something that a lot of people hadn't seen because yeah and they cheered each other on it was just it was just such a great magical experience i'll always remember that team and that was because they had been together for a few years nobody nobody went looking for a better opportunity no, because no. they knew what they had was this really was your special. family. This was your family. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, and again, it was it's also why, yeah. you know, we're all envious of the Minnesota community model, right? Because it follows Finnish and, and Swedish yeah. hockey right. models, which is like the gold standard. Like you look like, and then you wonder like, why does everybody do that though? Like, it, yeah. Oh my God, I wish you were in Minnesota. Yeah, you can be like, I'm in New York. There's more kids in the Bronx. There's more kids in the Bronx than the whole state of Minnesota. Just in the Bronx. Again, I'm like, well, why wouldn't you like if you really wanted if you really wanted to grow hockey and you really wanted to be great and you're in this community of of you know, there's 90 kids in your community, then make all those 90 kids better. I'm going through the same thing in the lacrosse program I'm involved in and run. That, you know, like everybody's like, oh, my God, if this kid's too good, I got I got, you know, we have six kids that are fractured that have to go to all these other, you know, uh travel level lacrosse. I'm like, it's a field and a ball. I said, right. hey, what the hell are you talking about? Like, you don't have to go anywhere. There's the same crappy kids live next door than the kids you're traveling to New Jersey to play. Like, what's the difference? Like, just get find a way to have fun, high high performance practices. And when I say, like, I, I, I do a lot of work, like I say, with the junior ranger kids, right? These are not high performers. These are beginner hockey players. But we run high performance practices. Like, I challenge anybody in this, in our listening audience, you, you take one of my junior ranger practices, 
my high performance practice and put it with any team, any triple A team up to the age of 18, it will be a competitive, fun, high performance environment for those kids. Do, do, does it look like that with these six and seven year old beginners? No, but it's still a high performance environment. It, it's and, it, and it's, you know, and it's fun. It's 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 energized. It's it's developmentally age appropriate. And I think that's where, you know, we can all do a better job as organizations. So if you're a parent that's traveling three hours a day to go find the promised land, I can tell you right now, the promised <laughs> land is right in your back door. You just have to look for it. Yeah, it's in Minnesota. Well said. Well said. Or or, or move to Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, yeah, move okay. to Minnesota. Like, I'll, I'll, say this. I'll say this in closing. There's a reason <laughs> the middle school, Minnesota High School Championship sells out both of the championships, sell out the Excel Energy Center yearly. 20,000 people watching a high school game. You could not get that for the Tier 1 AAA Midget Championship on your life. Right. Wow. And it's because these kids go to these schools, they grow up in these neighborhoods. And then when you get to that championship, now you're, re you're literally representing your town. Right. And you, and you should see the hockey, right. Whether it's, it's a triple a final or double a final 20,000 people pay for these tickets. The semifinals are sold out. Um, it's something to see. All right. Listen, yeah, and, and, and the real fact is too, like if you look as good as that is, right. As phenomenal as that is, how is it that at every NHL team doesn't have six Minnesotans on it. Like, right. like, so think about that as good as, as good crazy point. as that is. And as, as everyone plays hockey, then why isn't everyone, on, yeah. you know, so well, there, yeah. there is, there is obviously, you know, kids develop, right. And, and gifted players in any sport materialize from their communities. So just have fun with it. Be passionate, be in a good place. That's going to, that's going to foster your child's love for whatever sport they're in and then all the other stuff just it just happens it just does it doesn't yeah. are there there, there, are, there are circumstances where you know you got to push and prod a little bit and, and guide yes but at the end of the day the player drives the passion of the player drives their development in any sport at any time for and that and this has been for forever true we just not figuring yeah. it out but uh this next one comes from bo all right bo bo says this one's tough we joined a 12-year-old team this season because the coach was known as Mr. Discipline. But for some reason, he does not enforce the rules that he sets this year. Examples are, he says to wear specific clothes for warm-ups, but when kids don't, nothing happens to them. Hotel cure for you is broken. One kid ended up in the emergency room because he was playing knee hockey two hours after curfew and had to get stitches and still played the next day. A kid punched the other team's player after a whistle and was suspended by the referee, but the coach told him that it was a reasonable penalty. It seems like other parents support the coach when it comes to fighting when I try my best to teach my kid that he should never throw a punch. He knows pushing and shoving is okay and part of the game, but punching is too far. Am I wrong and that these things are not okay, or is the coach right? I do not come from any hockey background. I would love to hear a show discussing these things and what is okay or not okay for the coach to do. Personally, I feel like the coach is trying to make the players jerks because he thinks you have to be or you cannot win games. Very interesting letter. And it, it, it's tough to discuss not knowing the coach. But if all of that stuff is happening and that coach is not keeping the players accountable, that is a problem. That coach is incorrect. If, if, if we literally take this letter for its word, coaches listening, I will say this as a team builder. The biggest threat to your team bond, your team cohesiveness, and your team being a team is you. It's not the parents. 
It's not the kids. It's the coach. It is your responsibility to be the standard of excellence and accountability when it comes to running a hockey team. So if you set the rules and you allow the rules to be broken and or you break the rules, you are damning that team. You really are, right? And that kid's going to end up driving an hour and a half to another rink to try and get on another team because of that accountability. To me, the life lessons are so much more valuable than the hockey lessons. And if you are teaching these kids that it's okay to break the rules and it's okay to not be accountable, you are hurting them so much further beyond hockey, right? So it, again, if if this letter is to be taken literally, this is a scary situation. Yeah, I agree. Um, a, a, a lot of red flags going up with this coach. I wonder if there's something else going on here. You know, I can't imagine an organization would allow that kind of a coach to continue being a coach. Uh, it, Cause this doesn't just suddenly happen. You must have some kind of a pattern. Um, you know, I wonder, is he new? Has he been moving around to other organizations? Cause that's usually a sign of a problem coach when you see him hopping around. Um, and then I guess I would go to my organization and discuss it with them. Yeah. Hey, has anybody else complained about this coach? I'm concerned about some issues going on. I would hope you would, the organization would listen and uh, either have a talk with that coach, replace him, maybe put somebody else there for a while. Maybe the coach is going through some issues. I don't know. I'd have to, I'd have to investigate that a little further. Yeah, I, I agree with that too, Christy. And again, yeah. it, it's it's a little freaky, especially with the fighting. Keep in mind, this is, a, this is 12 yeah. years old, right? We're talking peewees right. here. Right. Yeah, That's ridiculous. Yeah. And you don't know, like it's all. It, listen, I think these are hard, right? Because they're you have to have you have to have um, a better perspective of what's going on. Like number one is we've talked about this a million times on the podcast. You know, did you have a parent meeting at the beginning of the year? Was right. there some standards set? Did the, did you know ahead of time the coach like, listen, we're going to be tough. We're going to let the kids go mm -hmm. at it. You know, we're going to let the you know. And then if you're a bad dad that, that signed off on that then, hey, you know what? Deal with it. You know, this is – you signed <laughs> off on the fact that that was a tough coach. A Mr. Discipline. Mr. Discipline. And, and well, and, and Mr. Discipline. So, and I think – well, and the other side, like, I, I tell the coaches I work with all the time, like, the more rules that you can't enforce, then don't have them. Like, just don't – like, right. you got you, – like, coaching and managing kids and parents and families and people, right, is once you start boxing yourself in the corner – Literally, like, right, like if you punch, if you throw a punch on this team, you're off the team and the kids throws a punch and you're like, OK, listen, well. you can't do that. You can't do that. And, and, and you know, and then and it was your kid. Right. And then you go, now I'm really screwed. Like, so it's like so, or if you're going to be late and then you're the coach that's always late or if you, you know, if you're going to enforce like dress code and everybody, oh, everybody's got to be in dress code. But then, you know, five kids don't ever come in dress code. Right. So then then don't have those rules. I say this to I, I bark at USA hockey. Or, or enforce them, Mike. You get it. You get it. Or enforce, or enforce them. them. Or, yeah, or actually yeah. have consequences yeah. and stick to it. If you if the if, if if the league has a rule that coaches need to wear helmets on the ice, then wear the damn helmets on the ice or don't Agreed. coach. Yeah. I don't I don't believe in helmets. Okay, then don't coach. <laughs> you know, so so I, I that's fine, but I think it's but it's the same thing your coaches. So I, the number one thing I would say is, well, did you like if I was having that conversation with the parent, first thing I would say, well, when you signed up, did you know the coach? Yes. What was his reputation before? He's a disciplinarian. Well, did he allow fighting on his team last year? Oh, yeah. Those kids would go out in the locker room. I heard rumors. Okay, well, then you get what you get, and you don't get upset. Yeah, you just deal it. it. And, and, but at the same time, you know, you can, you can still 
this is great. This is a great uh, chance to talk to your own child. And be like, listen, we don't do this. Right. I don't find this acceptable. Protect yourself. And if there's an issue, we're going to go see the coach together and be like, listen, you know, but make sure your kid's not the one setting the punches up. Like, make sure your kid's not the one causing the issues. And some of us get blinded by that. Like, not my child. My my son is a, is an angel. You know, and I think, you know, he never, you know, he swears. No, like, I can't believe it. Like, so I think it's just like, just understand. And I don't want to throw any coaches under the bus because I don't know this coach personally. And I've and never none, seen none of us do. Yeah. And, yeah. and just just take it for what it is. If you're a disciplinarian coach, be a disciplinarian. I have no problem with it. I mean, listen, if you sign up for a guy who who is a hard ass or, you know, who wants to really give it, then then that's if you if your son or daughter can deal with that and take it. And likes it even like, listen, I, I had coaches like the coaches that I liked growing up. I could never imagine my kids playing for like they were nuts. Like they like they were really, really tough. Yeah. Like like just like, oh, my God. And even me as a coach, like I could never have my 16 year old play for Mike Benelli, the coach of 16 year olds back in mm. the day, you know, having yeah. kids. You know, you're going to skate until somebody pukes out here. You know, if you're if you if you have your tape on your shin pads wrong, get the hell off the ice and go home. You know, or if you you know, if your lace breaks, uh, you know, while you're tying it before a game, you're done. Get out. You weren't prepared. You know, you know, these are kind of, you know, these are things that I grew up thinking, well, that's normal. Like, that's like a real, you know, that's a coach that that has the that has the room. But, you know, it, but but again, now, if you sign up for that, then know it, be it. You know, just embrace it and say, hey, listen, got to be prepared. You forgot your jersey. You're not playing. We're not going right. to help you. We're not going to help you overcome that. We're going to say, too bad. And now you move on. But, you know, as far as the physical stuff goes and the technique, like I, I hear that all the time. Like, oh, that coach is teaching that. I don't know. I, I like to see that. I, I, if a coach is teaching a player how to stick check somebody and punch them in the face without the ref seeing it, you know, then I'd probably, I would probably bring that up and be Good like, point. listen, I just, this is really hard for me to get behind. Um, but research it a little bit and, and kind of figure out, you know, what is that line and, and what's. Yeah, but would you, would you go to the coach with those kinds of concerns? If he's showing signs of, you know, just kind of going off the rails. I don't I know. I think I would. I, I think would. I'd go to coach first then I'd go to the organization. You would. I don't know. I, I would. Know. I mean, I'd be like, listen, a coach, I just want to understand what the philosophy is here because I'm really, I don't teach our, my, my child this. And I just need to know where, what the expectations are here. And yeah, if he yeah. said, Hey, Mike, you know what? You, you know, what it's like to be a tough hockey player. You know how tough this sport is. We're trying to prepare these kids for battle. And for, I'm like, okay, well, that's not my understanding. Like I didn't, I didn't sign up for this. Like I didn't know this was part of the protocol. And then maybe it's a second, you know, then, then it really does get elevated. I think, I think it's, you know, you never want the coach to find out uh, in my world that you yeah. went to the board first. I agree with it's that. Hard. Yeah. It, it, it's it's because, because, because the thing is a lot of the board members most likely would agree with the coach. Like, like that your, 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 your inclination is always to support the person you hired than, right. than, than be the first inclination of throwing them under the bus. Well, it, 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 let me dive in here too. You know, Christy, you're, you're bringing up a great point and sort of you, Mike, here, here's the other thing I like some perspective on this. Um, I've been in situations sometimes where parents are upset about something that I don't even realize. I don't even realize that they're upset, right? It, it wasn't obvious to me. And if they go, and I've seen it, they go to the, the organization and it kind of gets back to me sometimes. I, I'm not so mad, but it's like, oh, I didn't even know that was a thing. 
Um, I wish, and I, I remember thinking, I wish someone would have told me that, that that was a concern of theirs because at least I could have addressed it. I might not agree with it. I didn't agree with it, right. but I, I didn't know. Now with that said, um, you're dealing with personalities here. I, I, I feel like I'm right. a pretty approachable person when it comes to things yeah. like that. You know, some, some coaches might tell you to F off and like, don't tell me how to coach, exactly. but, but if right. that happens, then, then absolutely you, you have the choice to elevate it. Um, yeah. but yeah, like nobody anywhere wants to feel like someone's gone behind their back. And this is why I always talk about communication being the, the, the root of 10 problems, 10 out of 10 problems mm -hmm. is that, um, if you don't at least bring it up to the coach first, you know, depending on their response, they might not even know right. that you're upset about it. So like, if like, the what, coach is approachable, uh, fine. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, like yeah. I know exactly what but, you're thinking too. Yeah. 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 I've seen some coaches that, uh, you get you get even next to them and yeah. they blow up. What are you doing? This is you're not even allowed to talk to me. I'd like, rather you be empowered. To... I'd rather you be empowered to be able to go to the board saying, look, I did try and speak to the coach, but they're right. not speaking back. Like that's a much more that's reasonable different. place yeah. um, than just do you see yeah. what this coach is doing? No, look, go look. back. Go back yeah. to rule number one. Know the organization you're signing up for. Like it that's just uh, this yeah. is this is something you could have uh, nipped in the bud in April. Researched, well, yeah. <laughs> find yeah, out I'll, a little I'll, bit more. I'll, yeah. I'll also say this, that I have had parents. I'm just uh, this is a funny one. But uh, you're not on the bench, so you don't really hear what we're doing, right? So, because I've had parents come mm -hmm. up to me and be like, "Well, no one coached my kid tonight," and I'm like, "I mm -hmm. talked to your kid five times tonight about this exact <laughs> thing that you're talking about," mm -hmm. you know. And it's like, you know, so so you just everyone's got to take a step back and remember, like, you're not seeing everything that happens all the time. And mm -hmm. it's like I'll play I'll play extreme devil's advocate on this one. You know, that kid got in a fight, right, in a game. Maybe that kid did come back to the bench and the coach said that is absolutely unacceptable to be fighting sure. like that. If yeah. you ever do that again, I will bench you. I right. mean, you, we don't, we don't know if that, that happened. happened. You don't right. know. Right. No. You, I, parents, I promise you, we are coach. Well, I can't speak for every coach. The people on this show, we're coaching your kids. We're doing it. Like I know we're doing it. And there's always, there's, there's always so many, like we had, I had a kid that uh, it was funny. So one of my first games, a couple of years ago, we had a new couple of new players on the team. Like literally this was like right after COVID kids were picked. Everybody's on. And this, this one kid's playing for me and the ref gives him a, you know, gives him a penalty <laughs> and he, and he gives him the bird. Right. And the, and the, and the ref sees it. I see it. I'm like, and the rest like, you got to control your kids. Like, I don't even know who this kid is. He's <laughs> yeah. like, he literally, I didn't know. he. I had no idea he would do this. He's the, He's been on my team for three days. Like, I have no idea right. this is going to happen. So what do I do? I suspend him for two games. Like, uh, uh, you know, the ref didn't suspend him. And I'm yeah. asking the ref, I'm like, shouldn't you kick him out of the game for that? Well, that's your responsibility, coach. I go, well, it's really our responsibility here. You're the one that got flipped off, not me. Like, I, I kind of <laughs> agree with the kid. So, but, but, you know, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, this is, this is unacceptable behavior. So this is an early season game. I have to lay, I have to set my standard and sure. oh, the argument back to me from the parents and the kid was, well, the ref didn't, the ref didn't do anything about that. I go, yeah, but that the ref standards and my standards don't have to be the same. My standard is for this team. And you know, that's unacceptable. Did it happen again? Never happened again. And, and it never go. happened with anybody on the team again. Yeah. And, you know, and then the referee found later on found out that I had done this and they're like, oh, well, thanks for, I go, yeah, well, you, you've got to do that too. I mean, you, you get, just yeah. leave me, don't make me the bad guy all the time, but you know, it depends on what your obligation is and what you think you are as a coach. Are you a teacher? Are you a mentor? Are right. you developing these players long-term? Are you just a, a mercenary? Where you're just trying to get most <laughs> out of your kids to, to win, um, you know, weekend tournament, you don't care 
what kind of person they are or what kind of person they become. If you don't care about those things, which are a lot of us that don't, right? Like a lot of coaches that just don't care about who the player becomes. They just care how the player plays for them that year. Right. And that's fine. That's fine. It is what it is. You signed up for it. But understand, like, I don't know this coach. Maybe he doesn't like, he's like, yeah, I don't know. Get into a fight. I don't care. I'm not going to see you anyway after April. Like mm. you're done. You know, so <laughs> it all, it, it really just is. It depends on what team you're on and what your expectations are you know, for your coaches. It's tremendous, yeah. tremendous but perspective. If they, if they set up uh, rules in the beginning and, right. they, and they're not following through, that's a problem. I that's think you problem. do need to address it and go to the coach first. Say, how yeah. come you, hey, when we had this parent meeting, you said you were going to discipline kids if this happens and you're not. Why aren't you? Yeah, I'm they, just curious. <laughs> Christy, they armed the parents with the ability to do that if they make the rules. You're right. So if a coach sets the rules yeah. and the coach or yeah. someone breaks the rules and they don't follow through, now the parents are armed with yeah. that. Why not ask is, them? Yeah, yeah. Well, well, here's the thing. That's also a great way to keep yourself accountable as a coach, right? You know, you know, I, I think right. there's, there's too much apprehension when it comes to, oh, I don't, I got to talk to the coach about this. Look, Outside the ridiculous, I don't have any problems with a parent correctly coming up to me with a concern. In fact, I'd rather you do it. Most of the time, mm -hmm. I'm proactive in going to the parent if I have a concern mm -hmm. about their kid. Like, look, this is what I'm seeing, and this is how I think I need to discipline your, your son or daughter. Do you have any advice on that? I don't necessarily say, is that okay? I just said, do you have any advice on that? And I, You know what? Nine times out of ten, they're like, please discipline my kid, <laughs> right? But if they know it's oh, happening. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, and the difference is this. When they know it's happening, they turn to the other parents and go, oh, no, coach talked to me about this. I'm so proud that he's disciplining my kid. But when you don't do it, I can't believe the coach is sitting my kid. He's, the, didn't, he's sitting my kid because he don't know. Um, right. And again, one more thing I want to say, Mr. Discipline. I think we as a culture really need to redefine discipline. If you're, if you're 40 and up, you grew up in an era where discipline is punishment. And discipline is is knowing your role and shutting your mouth and doing this. And, and as a team builder, someone who's really studied discipline, that is part of it. But discipline is also waking up on time and having good, healthy habits and making sure that you are disciplined in your training and in your schoolwork and the discipline of being a great person, the discipline of being a hard worker. So when I hear Mr. Discipline, that's what you better be instilling in the players. Right? No. Hey, listen. What if you got up ten minutes early? What if you got up an hour earlier to practice, and you make that habit a healthy habit? That is another de uh, definition of discipline that I think we need to share. Because here's the truth: high performers, successful people, all of them extremely disciplined people. Right. So again, I think that what you're dealing with in this letter, if I had to guess, Mike and Christy, I think you got a really old school coach that really loved hockey in the '80s and the '90s. When, you know, you could have a bench clearing brawl and then that's hockey and, and that is not hockey anymore. Whether you like that or not, the game is no longer like that. The game is based on speed and skill. And I'm hoping and praying to the hockey gods that hockey IQ starts to come back into this at some point. But the game is no longer played that way. So, you know, he wrote in there about the toughness of hockey. Well, the toughness of hockey is being able to get punched or get hit and know how to respond correctly. I'll never tell a player not to defend themselves. Don't get me wrong, everybody listening. I'm not saying you should just take one, all right? But are you initiating that? Are you the problem? Are you the one who's being a problem on the ice? That's Mr. Discipline to me, right? Is teaching those life, life skills. So again, it's so hard to, to generalize here. We don't know this coach. I, we don't even know the person who wrote the letter, to be honest with you. So 
that's our general response to these um before yeah good discussions good. though yeah that's good um i like so, this you like to tackle these i love tackling I, we should actually yeah. also say here if you have a comment if you have a thought yes. always send them to us team at our kids or you can send us a voice message uh at uh, our kids play hockey uh, facebook page or group or if you know us you can email it to us we we love doing episodes like this all right guys let's let's end the episode on a happy email because we get a lot of those too uh it, you know we don't read all of them but we got this one recently and i wanted to share it with both of you and this one's from ivan and he says, my five, almost six-year-old just went from learn to play to our local rec team this last fall. And as a dad and adult league goalie, God bless you for that, I got the urge to get all my coaching stuff done, which for those of you who don't know, it's a lot of stuff, all right? And it has been a pure joy working with these kids and the other coaches as we begin our youth hockey life. One of the other coaches turned me onto your podcast, and I have loved every single episode. Not only are the hockey points spot on, but so are the life lessons for us and the kids. Thank you again. Please keep up the great work. I'm look, looking forward to listening to many more of your podcasts. That's from Ivan. That's a beautiful message, Ivan. We appreciate it. Ivan, we appreciate you. Keeps us inspired. Thank you. All right. And we appreciate the coaches that keep uh, forwarding these, these links to anybody they think would like them, need them, yes. want them. <laughs> and I think it's, uh, you know, it's great that, you know, I, I know I, I just love that word of mouth or, Hey, you should listen to these guys. Uh, they're full of crap or, Hey, I really liked what they had to say, <laughs> you know, whatever that message is. I mean, it's, it's just, you know, talking hockey and, and having an opportunity to, um, you know, understand different perspectives is, uh, is great because I think we all three of them, three of us have been around so many different arenas and rinks and levels of hockey and, you know, great parents and crazy parents. And we've been, we've, uh, you know, me personally, I've been a crazy parent and a great parent. I think I've, 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 I've run the gamut of, uh, you know, my, my emotional roller coaster as a sport parent. So I think it's like, you know, so I think it's great that other people are listening and chiming in and, and using, uh, you, you know, using this platform as a, as a resource. Well, I'll, right. I'll say this. I too have seen the good, the bad and the ugly. Fortunately, most of it has been good. I can say right. that honestly. <laughs> Well, it's going to be good if you're around, Christy. You just bring a smile to everybody's <laughs> face. Um, and I will, I will say, a, a, Mike said it, a great way to support the show, aside from your five-star review, wherever you're listening, is to share an episode. If you listen to an episode of our show and you think that was really great, share it with a friend. That is one of the greatest ways to, to help us continue to grow and help us on our journey as we have grown quite a bit over the last year. But um, I think I'm going to end this one there. Um, we, we, I should also mention, we just really appreciate all the supportive emails we get. We get a lot of them. Of uh, people just thanking us or or saying that this episode really stood out to me. Um, that's why we do it. It really is why we do it. It's why we started the show. And it's really wonderful to be in a place where uh, really weekly we're getting these emails uh, from people and fans around the world, uh, our hockey family, friends around the world. That's why we said that from the very first episode. Um, but this has been great. So that's going to do it for this episode. Another mailbag episode. Again, if you want to submit a question, comment, anything, team at ourkidsplayhockey.com. Uh, you can email audio, you can email words, whatever you want. We'll uh, we'll get it on the air as soon as we can. Uh, but that's going to do it for this episode of Our Kids Play Hockey, powered by NHL Sense Arena. Remember, you can see or listen to all of the episodes at ourkidsplayhockey.com. For Mike Benelli and Christy Cashiano Burns, I'm Lee Elias. We'll see you on the next edition of Our Kids Play Hockey. Skate on, everybody.